This podcast is a presentation of Nags Head Church, reaching people to discover life in Christ. Stay tuned and visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org. In just two and a half weeks, uh, Easter's coming. And um, you know, I am always excited about Easter. I wasn't here last year for Easter. Last year was the last Easter was the first Easter Sunday. I had not preached at Nags Head Church, um, I guess, since '91, uh, and it felt weird because we went to another church um, here on the beach. Gail and I did uh, to see what was going on, and and uh, when it was all said and done, we said we should have gone to Nags Head. Um, you know, um, we wished we had. Um, in fact, we did that. Then I think the next Sunday we went to another church, and and their church their, their church service got over about 11:15, and uh, we weren't too far away. And we said, let's go to church at Nags Head. You know, so we uh, we came here after that one was done. Uh, Easter Sunday in just two and a half weeks. Easter is the day Christ arose from the dead on Easter Sunday, and it's the Sunday that follows Passover and uh, every year. So, and, and that day literally changed everything, and it made it possible for fallen people to be given new life in Christ now and eternal life beyond now. Easter did that. When that stone was rolled away and Jesus got up from that tomb and walked out alive, everything changed. But not for everybody, and that's what I want to talk about this evening. For the New Testament churches, um, Jerusalem and all you know, all those epistles, all the churches that are represented there in the New Testament, and all the ones that are mentioned in the Book of Acts that were established. For the New Testament churches, Easter was the reason that the churches met began to meet on Sunday. Now, when Christianity first began, when the first church started in Jerusalem. They were all Jews, weren't they, Maryland? And as Jews, they were accustomed to going to synagogue on Saturday. And their Sabbath day began at sundown on Friday and went to sundown on Saturday. And so Saturday was kind of their day for doing, they didn't call it church, but doing going to church and uh, meeting with, you know, and hearing the teaching, the reading from the, from the scriptures and, and so forth. And then Christianity comes along, and they began meeting on Sunday. And the reason they met on Sunday was because Sunday was the day Jesus arose. Sunday was the day that gave them life, and they knew that uh, so well. Um, Look at a couple scriptures. You have your Bibles a couple places real quickly. Acts chapter 20 is one of the scriptures that mentions this, and then we'll go to a scripture in 1 Corinthians. Acts chapter 20. Uh, I'm just going to read verse 7, but this, this starts a really neat story that if you don't know the story uh, that follows verse 7 in Acts chapter 20, it's kind of an, it's a neat story to read. It's a story that preachers love to talk about because Paul is preaching uh, at the church in a, in a house probably, and, and um, uh, just look at verse 7. On the first day of the week, we assembled to break bread, all right? Uh, this Sunday, um, by the way, I'm teaching the doctrine that we're going to be on this Sunday is the doctrine of the church, right? And you're going to find out this, you're going to hear this word assembled 
uh, in that message. So and when you hear that Sunday, remember that first day of the week we assemble to break bread. When it says we assemble to break bread, that's a, the Luke's way of saying we gathered with the church and we gathered and we had communion. All right, So that's one of the things they did. We fellowship together. Paul spoke to them through the assembly. And since he was about to part to depart the next day, he said, this is the only chance I've got to speak to you. He extended his message until midnight. <laughs> you know, I'm just wondering, you know. And, uh, but, but when did they gather? When did they assemble? And where, when was it? The first day of the week, all right, on Sunday. Um, that's when they gathered. And the rest of the story, uh, let's go ahead and read it just because it's fun. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where we were assembled. And a young man named Eutychus was sitting on a windowsill. And it got past his bedtime. <laughs> sitting on the windowsill and sank into a deep sleep. As, as Luke says, as Paul kept on speaking, you know. <laughs> and Paul, by his own admission, was not a great preacher. You know, he was not a dynamic, charismatic speaker. You know, he, he, he admits that. And so he wasn't the most engaging preacher. And this young man, as so many people do, even on Sunday morning, uh, fall asleep in church when he was overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was picked up dead. Killed him. Fell out of the window and died. Don't fall asleep in church. <laughs> you may never wake up. But Paul went down and threw himself on him, embraced him and said to all the people around don't be alarmed, for his life is in him. And after going upstairs, breaking the bread and eating, he conversed a considerable time until dawn. And then he left. And they brought the boy home alive and were great, greatly comforted. Right? So don't fall asleep in church. First day of the week they met. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. Paul's writing, giving instructions to the Corinthian church about some things. And he says, now, about the collection for the saints, they were taking up a love offering, if you will, for other churches, for other Christians who were going through um, a, a difficult time and famine and, 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 and so forth. Now, about the collection... For the saints, you should do the same as I instructed, this is verse 1, the Galatian churches. Said this to those churches, verse 2. On the first day of the week, each of you is to set something aside and save to the extent that he prospers so that no collections will be need to be made, need to be made when I come. He said on the first day of the week. So obviously they're gathering on the first day of the week. And he said, that's when I want you to bring what you've saved to give to the saints. Um, and so that, that happened on Sunday. Um, Sundays didn't replace the Old Testament Jewish Sabbath, by the way. Some people said, well, Sunday became the Christian's Sabbath. It did not. Um, Sabbath, if you know anything about Sabbath in the Old Testament, it started with the, um, well, actually it started with creation, didn't it? God 
created their world and the universe in six days, and on the seventh day, he took a day off. He rested. That was the first indication of that we need to take a day off. Sabbath day mean, you know, was, a, was the day of rest. And uh, it was a day of rest. It's not continued in the Christian tradition. We don't have a, a Sabbath day because Jesus is our Sabbath. Right? He came to fulfill the law. He didn't come to destroy it. He said, I came to fulfill it. And he fulfilled the law of the Sabbath by being our Sabbath. And that's why he said, he said, I want all of you who are weary, I want you to come to me and do what? Rest. I will give you rest. He is our Sabbath. We rest in him. Does that mean we shouldn't take a day off? Of course not. We need to take a day off. And the example is there for us to do so. But Sunday is not the Christian Sabbath. And the Sabbath, by the way, is the only one of the Ten Commandments that we can't find repeated in the New Testament as a rule for Christians. It's the only one. Not repeat. All the rest of them we can find, you know, about that we need to do and we need you know, to do this or don't do that. Sabbath is not repeated because Jesus is our Sabbath. So we don't gather as a church on the Sabbath. And I know traditionally a lot of churches, may, you maybe grew up you know, hearing about the Sabbath day and, and all that and Sunday, and it's not. All right, Sabbath day is Saturday. Sunday is a different name. We gather on Sundays, and Sundays is called in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. Somebody tell me what John calls Sunday. It's called, anybody know? The Lord's Day. John says, I had this vision, and I was caught up on the Lord's Day. Okay? So he was referring there, again, to Sunday. So the, why is it called the Lord's Day? Does it mean it's the day I give to the Lord? For a lot of us, it is the day you give to the Lord. But think with me now for a second, because if somebody says it's the Lord's day, because it out of the seven days of the week, it's the day I give to the Lord. But I want to suggest that doesn't make sense, because if Jesus is my Lord, that means he has me every day and 24-7, doesn't he? Every day in the Christian's life should be the Lord's day. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it, not just on Sunday, but every day in my life ought to be the Lord's day. I'm living for the Lord today. So why the Lord's day? Why Sunday? And the answer to that, why do they meet on Sundays? And the answer is simple. It's because that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. On Sunday. And on that one day, that historical event, Easter, Resurrection Day, is, is frankly why we, we're here tonight. Why this church exists. Because... Christ rose from the dead. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, you know, if, if Christ is not raised from the dead, then, then our faith is useless. What good is it if Jesus is still in the grave? He said, and then another verse, he says, if Christ has not risen from the dead, we are still in our sins. How important is the resurrection to, not just to the world, but especially to us as Christians? Vastly important. And that's Easter Sunday. So really, Easter is what we are celebrating every Sunday when we gather together. I hope you kind of get that in your mind. Every Sunday, I, I come and gather with my church because Jesus rose from the dead. Because, because it's Easter Sunday, in a sense, every Sunday. It reminds us of the resurrection. But especially so 
on Easter. And Easter is in two and a half weeks on, on April the 24th. Listen to this statistic that I found. It says less than one-third of active churchgoers, and that would be you and me, everybody's in this room tonight, you're active churchgoers. If you come out on a Wednesday night, you're probably an active churchgoer. Less than one-third of active churchgoers said they definitely plan on bringing an unchurched friend to an Easter service this year, according to a new study from the Barner Group. However, most said, one-third said, yes, I'm bringing somebody, but most said they would be open to inviting someone. I found that interesting. A third, less than a third. Think with me this way. Because I believe this is true. The easiest Sunday of the year, as far as unchurched people being receptive to an invitation to come to church is Easter Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. How else could you explain the fact that Easter Sunday is the highest attended church Sunday of the whole year? More people are in church on Easter than any other Sunday of the year. That means there are people who are going to church on Easter Sunday, that that's the only time of the year they go to Church. Now, I don't know, I can't explain that, and I'm not here to try to explain that, but that's just the way it is. So it's the, if you're ever going to invite somebody who doesn't know the Lord to come to church with you, Easter is the one Sunday that they would probably more than any other Sunday say, okay, yeah, it's Easter. Yeah, I can do that. It's Easter. I should be going to church. It's Easter. You know, they may not come if you say, man, come to church Sunday. You know, next Sunday, our pastor's preaching on heaven and hell. By the way, that's the Sunday before Easter. (laughs) They may not want to come that Sunday, but they want to come. They're more likely to say yes on Easter Sunday. People who don't go to church 51 weeks of the year will go on Easter. Here's a quote from somebody. I don't know this person. I, I found this. I was looking at some things. I, I, I kind of Googled. I said, why, don't people, why, why do people go to church on Easter and not any other time of the year? Googled something like that, you know. And I came up with this thing where a lot of people came in and, and talked about that. Listen to what this one person said. And I think this, this I, can't, I, I don't remember if it was a man or a woman. Maybe it didn't even identify. But listen to this because this is, the, this is who's out here in our community. I'm an occasional attender. I don't share your faith, but I've always been a little envious. It's not in my background to to attend church. And that's most people, isn't it? It's not in my background to attend church. And it's not in my makeup to pretend a faith I don't have. However, listen to what this person said. If invited by an acquaintance, I will attend. And I'll appreciate taking part. What was he or she saying? You know what? If you just asked me, I would go. If you invited me, I'm going to go, if for no other reason, to be polite to you. And I think this person represents the vast majority of people in our community. Yeah, yeah, Easter, yeah. I, I should go to church on Easter. But, but there, here's the catch, especially in, in this community. And our community is different from most, all right? We have to understand that. Um, we're a resort area, and here in our community, 
um, especially here on the beach, not so much, for example, on Roanoke Island or the mainland, but especially here on the beach where we have almost everybody who lives here has moved here from somewhere else. Right? How many of you live here and you've moved here from somewhere else? Raise your hand. There you go. You know, there's, there's 92% of, uh, of this group. So many people have moved here and they've moved away from their family's home church where they grew up and maybe where they went to church every Easter. Maybe, as so many of them tell me, they went to church all the time. But when they moved here for some reason, just I, just, I love it when people say, I just haven't found a church that I like. Really, which ones have you visited? So you're trying really hard to find that church. Um, They're away from their home church, wherever that might be, and they're open to coming to church on Easter. But here's the deal. They don't know where to go. Where would I go? Now, most people are going to likely, they're going to, you know, say, well, I grew up in this kind of church, so I'll go to that kind of church wherever it might be. They're not sure where to go. And, and maybe you remember what it was like to walk into a strange church for the very first time. How many of you remember that feeling? You know, you walked in, whether it was this door or the door of another church, for the very first time, and you didn't know what it was going to be like when you walked through that door. You know, are there going to be candles? Is it going to be really quiet? Or is there going to be a box up front with a bunch of rattlesnakes in it? What's going to be going on, you know? <laughs> You didn't know what was going to be happening in there. And so it it really is for people to come to church for the very first time. And some of you would agree, it's a little bit scary because you don't know what's going to happen and how you're going to be treated and so forth. But if you're going in with a friend, with somebody you know, or you're meeting somebody there that you know, it's not so bad. You've got somebody to go in with, not by yourself. So there are two challenges I want to put before you tonight for Easter. Two and a half weeks down the road. Two things I want to challenge you, dare you to do. All right? Number one, I want you this Easter Sunday to bring someone to church with you who is unchurched. I want you to bring an unchurched person to worship with you. Somebody that you know that doesn't go to church anywhere, bring them with you or have them meet you here. It might be somebody at work. It might be a neighbor or a friend at school. It might be somebody you know, but you know, some, I mean, it's always it's going to be, some, you know, don't just go up to a total stranger, you know, that, although they might say, okay, I was just wondering where could I go to church on Easter. But find somebody you know who does not go to church and, uh, and there is somebody that you know. Everybody knows somebody like that, all right? Probably they live within a rock stone's throw of your house, all right? Or they work with you every day. Or you ride the school bus with them or go to class, eat lunch with them at school, whatever it might be. Decide tonight, the challenge, decide tonight, I'm going to bring somebody, invite somebody, meet somebody here. But, and when I say invite somebody, please keep this in mind. You'll probably have to invite several people just to get one to come with you. So I'm not saying I want you to go invite one person. I want you to bring one person. What if I bring two? Then we get 
to do the happy dance, okay? But, you know, but bring somebody with you. You're going to have to invite more than one, but invite somebody. And if you really want to, you know, here's, here's the way you get, you know, you can kind of help them out. I want you to come to church with me on Easter Sunday, and, and, uh, and, and after church, I'm going to buy you lunch. Whoa. Get a twofer. <laughs> get to go to church, and I get lunch too. And, uh, and, or, or I'm going to buy you breakfast or whatever it might be, depending on what time you go to church. But uh, invite somebody uh, to come. Invite several. And here's why. Here's why I'm challenging you to do this. It's not because this Easter we're interested in setting some kind of attendance record or anything like that. That's not the purpose. It's not so that we can say, hey, you know what, we had three services and they were all full and overflowing. It's not for that purpose either. The reason is, is this, and I think you understand why. This crowd on Wednesday night gets this. It's because we know the message that's going to be preached that day is going to be the good news of salvation in Christ, and most people in our community have never heard it. The last several people that I have shared the gospel with in the last couple of weeks when I get done telling them the gospel, the, the, what I, the gospel that I shared Sunday, when I get done telling them the gospel, then I, and, and then I ask them a question. Has, has anybody ever told you that before? And I can't tell you how many people would say, uh, no. I mean, these, and I'm talking about people that have, maybe they've gone to church. They have never heard the gospel. They've never heard salvation. They've never heard it's about faith in Christ. They've always thought it's about something else, you know. And they've never heard that before. Most people in our community have never, never heard it. And if they never hear it, Paul asks the question in the book of Romans, chapter 10, if they never hear it, how can they believe and be saved? And the answer is, you can't. If you're saved tonight, it's because somewhere down the line you heard the gospel. Somebody shared it with you. They can't believe and be saved if they never hear it. And I can almost guarantee, I can't, you know, I, this, I don't want this to sound arrogant or because I don't mean it this way, but I can almost guarantee you that if we have 700 or so people in, in three gatherings on Sunday, Easter Sunday, I can almost guarantee somebody's going to get saved that day, okay? I believe it will happen, maybe more than somebody, but there's going to be some salvations take place that day. So, and wouldn't it be great if it was the person you brought to church that trusted Christ? How cool would that be? So to help you make those invitations to folks, we have actually printed up some invitations. Well, Nathan, where are these? Do you know? They're on the table out there, that round table, and some at the, at the Welcome Center. We've printed up some invitations for you, two, two different sizes, because one size doesn't fit all. Two different sizes. This one here is, is really a neat one to hand people. Uh, it's kind of like postcard size. You could actually mail this, although I hope that you, you, you won't necessarily mail it. You know, your neighbor next door get a postcard from you. That's kind of impersonal. <laughs> but it's that size. And it just simply says, Easter Sunday, 7, 9, 11 a.m., nagsheadchurch.com. And, um, and then on the back, on this one, there, is, there are lines put here. Guess what those lines are for? Anybody guess what those lines are for? 
to invite them to write a personal note to them. Hi, Kit. Um, Nagsa Church is my church. And, uh, and, and I don't think you go to church anywhere. So I would love for you to come to church with me on Easter Sunday as, as my, my guest. Would, you know, and then just here's my phone number. Or, or, you know, tomorrow at work, let me, you know, kind of we'll talk about that if you want to. And, and write the note on there. And over here you can write your, your name and your phone number or your email address, however they can get in contact with you, and just hand it to them. Or you can, I mean, if you, if you want to mail it to somebody. Now, don't mail it to somebody in Pennsylvania. <laughs> All right? Um, they're probably not going to come. But uh, you want to hand this to, to somebody. And that's this size. You can do that. We have these. And we also have these. These are a little bit smaller. And, uh, and these are kind of neat. Um, you can use these in the same kind of way. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm going to start using these and, and giving these uh, these size um, and, and writing a note. You know, uh, when I go out, for example, go out to eat lunch, um, sit down and, and ask the person serving me. Usually it's a, um, um, a young lady waitress and say, hey, what's your, what's your name? I always like to ask them their names, and sometimes they have a little name thing on, but if they're, what's your name? So that we can kind of have get a little personal with them as we're ordering and so forth. And, and then during the course of the, new, the meal, write that person's name on there and say, hey, I'd love for you to come to church uh, with me and meet me at church at Nags Head Church on Easter Sunday and, and leave this with them. Give this to them. Don't leave it in lieu of a tip. <laughs> Give them the greatest tip in the world. Come to Nags Head Church on Easter Sunday. Get eternal life. No, don't, don't do that because they won't come. All right? They don't want to see you anymore in that restaurant. So we've got a couple of these things, and you can grab some. Take Listen, take as many as you will use. Okay, what I don't want is, is for you to grab a handful and not give them out, and then in September, next time you're cleaning out your car, um, look and see them on the floor in your car and toss them in the trash, okay? Because these, uh, we, you know, we want them to be used, but the good thing about these, and we ordered, I don't know how many we ordered, but a bunch, but, you know, we'll use them again next year because they don't give a date. They say Easter Sunday because it changes every, it's not like Christmas, by the way. It changes every Sunday. Did you know that? It has to do with Passover, which has to do with the moon and has to do with months, and I can't explain it, but that's how that works. Um, and then when you invite somebody, you can, you can ride with them. You can pick them up or just meet that person here. Um, just be aware on Easter, um, it's going to be really crowded, especially at 9 and 11. So, you know, finding a parking spot means you need to get here a bit early. And, um, but I'm going to use these invites. I'm going to grab a bunch and, and I'm going to start giving them out. You know, even if I stop somewhere on the way, way home tonight, if I stop at, at, at Food Lion and buy a gallon of milk, Marilyn, I'll talk to Marilyn because she used to work at Food Lion as a cashier. I, and, and I would say, hey, Marilyn, um, are you working Easter Sunday? And you would say, no. Hey, why don't you, why don't you come to the next? Okay, come to the next head church. <laughs> Meet me there, Marilyn, okay? And, uh, and, and invite people to come and uh the second thing, that's the first thing I want to challenge you about, okay? And I hope you'll take that challenge. Not so we can say, look how packed the house is, but so people will hear the gospel, all right? And they'll be open to it. They know what Easter's about, most of them. The second challenge is this, and this has to do with Easter as well. 
if you don't have a regular place of ministry on Sunday, and, and most of you in this room probably do, but not all of you do. If you don't have a regular place of ministry on a Sunday, right? Now, some of you do some other things. Maybe you're on the housekeeping team, so you come in other times during the week. But if you don't have a place of serving on Sunday, we want you to try out some kind of ministry on Easter Sunday. One of the reasons why is we're doing three gatherings, right? So we're adding an extra service, and that takes extra people to do that. Um, as we've been doing ever since we moved into this building, I guess, we're, we're doing Easter at 7, 9, and 11. So we're going to have that early bird deal and then uh, then a regular 9 11. There will be probably at 9 and 11, I'm, I'm guessing there are going to be 600 people here in those two. Yeah, we can seat 300 in here, and it will be full um, both times. In fact, we've had it on Easter where we've had to set up chairs in the, in the lobby um, because we had no more room um, in here. Um, so it's not a normal Sunday, so we need to beef up our crews and especially our greeters and our hospitality teams. But maybe you've been already thinking about a Sunday place of service if you're not doing anything on Sundays, and, and I hope that if you have, uh, I hope you have if you don't have one every Sunday. And, and that's simply because, if, you know, you can talk to Tom, but all of our teams right now are stretched, and Easter's going to stretch them even more thinly. But not only that, before the Sunday before Easter on the seventeenth, what's happening, Tom? Ministry fair. We're doing it. We're doing a kind of an abbreviated form of a ministry fair. And let me tell you what this ministry fair is. The purpose of it is next Sunday, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday. It's to involve more people in our church, especially those in our church who don't have a Sunday ministry to sign up for doing a Sunday ministry throughout the summer months. Now, when I say Sunday ministry, I mean summer ministry, we're talking about our teams that serve every Sunday, checking kids in our nursery and our kids' church at the kiosks, staffing our welcome center, guiding our kids as they learn to worship in Kidmo and Little K, greeting and ushering, a parking lot team helping folks find parking spots and giving them a welcome, our teller team counting our offerings, for deposit in the bank. Our nursery team, we're expanded to three nurseries, so we need folks there. Our hospitality team, preparing the refreshments. Our tech team, running our sound and visuals. We, we're looking for more help because in the summer, they're not normal Sundays either. And so it takes more folks to serve uh, in those Sundays. Now, some of us that serve on other teams that don't require us to serve, we serve on those teams that don't require us to serve on Sundays, and, and that's great. But Sundays, maybe you're, a, maybe you're a, um, a connection group leader and your group meets, you know, sometime during the week, and that's your ministry, and that's awesome. But we also need greater participation on Sundays, and that's where we really need folks to, to pitch in. So maybe you're on the housekeeping team and you serve there once a month or you're on a, you, you serve a connection group leader um, but you're, you're still, you're coming to church every Sunday, right? I mean, you're here. And the, the thing is, while you're here, you might as well do something, you know? Um, and uh, don't be a bump on the log. You might as well, my, my dad used to say, I talked with a couple, I talked with a couple recently, a couple of partners in our church, and I'm doing this every Sunday now. I'm going around to people that I know don't have a Sunday ministry, and I'm saying, hey, you're not ministering kind of any, on any teams on Sunday, are you? Well, no. Why not? 
wouldn't you like to? They have a hard time telling me no, you know? So I talked to a couple Sunday who don't have a, you know, a Sunday ministry, and, and that's exactly what I said to them. I said, look, you guys are here. Why not serve? There are things around here, by the way, that everybody can do on Sunday. If you see a piece of paper on the ground, pick it up. You know, and, and especially with multiple services, it's great when I see people, they're not on a team, but, but there's, there's one person in our church that this, she does this. She'll go around and she'll look for coffee cups that people have left on the floor after church. Somebody needs to do that. Nobody told her to do that. She just does it. Or if like a couple of Sundays ago, you see the floor wet from a leak in the roof, grab a mop. Don't just walk around it and say, well, I guess somebody will get that up. Be somebody, right? Grab one. If you see a single parent coming in off out of the parking lot while you're coming in, and, and, and this, this mom's got three little ones and a couple diaper bags, hey, let me grab those bags for you. Let me carry those for you. If you see someone standing alone in the lobby before worship starts, go make a friend. That's ministry as well. But don't, please, please, don't just come and sit and sing and listen and give and leave. You're here to serve, right? Two challenges. What are we going to do? We're going to, challenge number one is I'm going to invite and bring. I'm going to bring. I'm going to invite. can't bring unless I invite, unless you do a kidnap thing. I'm going to, it does have potential. I'm going to bring an unchurched friend, coworker, neighbor, enemy, I'm going to bring an unchurched person with me on Easter Sunday. Secondly, if I don't have a regular Sunday ministry, I'm going to find a place to plug in. On the 17th, Tom's going to have lots of ideas for you to do that. Right, Tom? Right. <laughs> he is. He's, he's, he's working on that right now. All right, those two challenges. This has been a presentation of Nags Head Church reaching people to discover life in Christ. Visit us on the internet at nagsheadchurch.org.